returned to you. That's cool? All right. Just so we're all on the same page. God be with you. So again, for those of you who are new to Red Deer Lake, uh, five years ago, um, I started an accidental tradition here, um, which probably all traditions start out by accident. Isn't that true? Do you find that in your families where you just do things once, and then because you did them once, you got to do it again, and you just get kind of trapped into it? Yeah, that's how the third Sunday of Advent kind of started here, where five years ago I read to you an open letter to Mary, and then you guys liked it. You applauded. It was weird. Uh, And then people kept asking, oh, what's next year? And so next year was Joseph, and the year after that was Herod, and last year was the innkeeper. And so this morning, I present to you an open letter to the shepherds. So to the shepherds of the greater Bethlehem area, how are you guys doing? As we head into another Christmas season and we take time out to listen to the nativity story, which, of course, is your story, I thought I'd shoot you a letter. You'll have to excuse me for the very generalized to the shepherds of the GBA beginning. I'm not trying to be disrespectful, I just don't know your names. From the info we have, all we know is that there was more than one of you there on that first Christmas. Which I guess shouldn't be too surprising. Not only would it have been awkward for Luke to list all your names, but given the status at the time of shepherds, your names wouldn't have been important because, well, you weren't seen as important enough to be given that dignity. Shepherds were seen to be some of the most deplorable people in your world. And let's be clear here. We're not talking about the job. We're talking about you, the people, the ones who did the job. You were, because of what you did for a living, seen as the lowest of the low and the worst of the worst, one of the most marginalized and dismissed people of your time. And that must have been so so desolating. And desolating is the only word I can come up with to capture what it must have been like to be cut off from community, have people avoid you just because of what you do, and for what it would like to be seen as religiously unclean and be told there isn't room in God's world for people like you. I mean, I know there are people here today who get this because for them it's a daily reality. But in my own privilege, I can't imagine what life must have been like for you. But this is the stuff we need to hear because the picture we have of you guys is usually one with you all lounging about in some hillside under under a tree at night, watching over your sheep, chasing off wolves with your curvy sticks, eating apples with a knife like cool grandpas, and living life off the grid, as we say. I mean, it all sounds so, so romantic. But the truth is, you guys are sitting on that hillside, dirty, exhausted, and hungry, staring off into the distance towards that place you once called home, longing for connection and community, longing for identity and purpose, and feeling like you do every single night, like it's especially dark out. Were you feeling all that when it happened? You guys know what I mean by it, right? I mean, of course you do. Nothing else but it could capture the craziness, the mystery, and the reverence of that night. We're talking about the night the angels appeared. And not just angels, we're talking entire choruses of angels. And by the way, just how many are in a chorus of angels? 
Is that the official name for a group of angels? Was it blindingly bright and deafening and loud? Or was it more radiant and beautiful? Angels have gotten better at blending in these days, so I have a lot of questions about angels. But however it was, I imagine it must have been terrifying and confusing. I mean, surely you assume that these angels must have made some mistake and showed up in the wrong place, as you'd be the last to visit by a group of angels. But then, after the initial shock wore off, maybe you realized it was a mistake, that they were in the right place, and that they were giving this message to you, this message of a Savior, this person who'd show us a new way to be human and alive in this world, this life in a world where you and everybody else who had been kicked out and forgotten would finally have a name and a place, this message that God is coming to be with us and for us, coming to repair and restore, to liberate and make new, to show us how to love and live together in peace? Did you believe it at first? How long did it take you to realize that this was actually happening, that God was doing this, that this message was being given to you? I mean, how liberating was that? What did it feel like? No wonder you ran to Bethlehem to see that baby lying in a manger. And what was that like? be some of the first people to experience Jesus, to experience God incarnate, to experience God being with us and for us. Could you see in him God's presence? Could you feel in him God's love for the world? Could you feel the reverence just humming around him? Could you sense in him community, naming and belonging? I mean, it must have changed everything to know that God is with you and for you, to know that you have a name, a place, and a value, to know that this light is more powerful than the darkness? How could it not change everything? And I guess that's why we need to hear your story. Because the thing it teaches us about Christmas is that it does change everything, especially for those of us who are also shepherds, for those of us who, even in our privilege, don't have names who feel forgotten and unseen, who long for connection, community, and belonging, who feel like each day is especially dark. I mean, that's what we need to hear. For you, a child has been born. God has come to earth to show us that we are loved, that we belong, and that we matter. And hopefully we hear that. Hopefully as we go through Advent and we take time to listen to your story, this is what we'll hear. And hopefully we'll let it sink in. And so in a couple weeks when we arrive, just like you did at that manger on Christmas, we can experience the love, the reverence, and liberation of it all and have it change everything. Drawn us into a new kind of life and a new kind of world. A life and world that we are always meant to have. And so shepherds, thank you for your story. Thank you for opening up its truth and beauty to us and showing us how to show up on Christmas morning. And so from everyone here at Red Deer Lake, Merry Christmas. All right, guys, we're going to do something a little bit different with our, uh, our benediction today.